The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show with your hosts, Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Join us as we discuss markets, bring transparency to issues within the financial services industry, and bring honest, thoughtful analysis every week. Good morning, everybody out there in Radio Land. Thank you for joining us. My name is Tyler Simonis. That guy right there, he is Josh Finelli, the one and only Josh Finelli, and we're partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in the excuse me, beautiful Pacific Northwest. And we appreciate you spending this, some of your fall weekend uh, with us. Um, so as always, if you want to be part of our program, give us a call, 877-670-7117. Or you can email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Lots of good college football this weekend, Mr. Finelli. Yeah. Is your wife going to let you watch any of it? I think so. Big, Big top 10 matchup here. Well, just all over the – it's not just in the Pac-12. It's all over the country, so should be exciting. Nice to have the spotlight on Oregon-Washington rivalry, though. Yeah, the last the, – the, the, unfortunately, the Pac-12 is the best it's ever been is right before it disintegrates. It's a, it's a bummer. The, the Conference of Champions will be no more. All right, let's talk about the week that was in the capital markets. U.S. stocks, as measured by the S&P 500, so mostly large-cap stocks, were traded actually up a half a percent. Uh, it looked like we were going to have uh, a rough week, but it, it actually uh, was salvaged. We didn't have actually a lot of movement other than the oil market last week. Uh, U.S. small-cap stocks traded down 1.5%. Most of that sell-off was on Friday. Uh, so rough week for small caps in the international markets, international developed markets. So think uh, countries like Japan, Europe, uh, they were mostly unchanged. Same with the emerging markets. They were they traded unchanged in the bond market. We saw rates come down a little bit, which meant bond prices moved higher. Uh, the aggregate bond index. So the S&P 500 of the bond world traded up almost one percent from a price perspective, which meant the yield went lower. Uh, the yield on the six-month Treasury is 5.57%, a one-year Treasury, 5.4%, 10-year Treasury, 4.6%, and a 30-year, 4.7%. So the yield curve is doing its best to flatten out, uh, and maybe at some point in the not-so-distant future, the yield curve will steepen again. Uh, but time will tell. I guess it all depends on what our... Friends at the Federal Reserve decide. Do I guess the bond vigilantes can have something to say about that too? Uh, so we will see what happens in the bond market uh, over time because that's going to dictate a lot of what happens over the coming couple of years. Is the bond market is and, and interest rates have a huge influence on what happens in the U.S. economy and the global economy, for that matter. Uh, and so that's why we follow the interest rate world so closely because it impacts our lives in such big ways. Uh, gold traded actually up by four and a quarter percent, 1943 an ounce, uh, and oil was 2% higher, $87.46 a barrel. So the big news last week was we got the inflation data for the month of September at the consumer level and at the wholesale level. Consumer prices rose four-tenths of a percent for the month and were 3.7% higher from a year ago. Both of those were above forecast. Um, we also got the uh, producer price index uh, wholesale inflation also rose more than expected in the month of September. So, you know, why did Josh and I talk about the inflation report and why is all the talking heads talk about it all the, all the time? Well, because for the last 30 years, the inflation report was non-consequential because inflation was... Uh, very benign and, and it wasn't really an issue and it wasn't part of the conversation. Um, but now inflation matters so much because we have essentially lost 20% of our purchasing power over the last three years. And it's having a meaningful impact on most people in our economy. Uh, and it influences so much of what the Federal Reserve does and where interest rates go. And that all has a huge impact on our life. So the inflation data 
for 30 years, most Americans didn't think about it. They didn't even realize that the CPI prints were coming out. Uh, but every single month, the government sends out the inflation data from the month before, and it is followed more closely than almost at any other data point. Uh, you know, it used to be the, the job report came out, and that was a, a big one, but now it is the inflation report. F- probably is more important that to most people that work in, in the business we do than any other report. Worryingly, inflation expectations picked up as well. So uh, year-ahead inflation expectations increased to a reading of 3.8%, so... That's up pretty dramatically. Not something the Fed wants to see, but uh, in my estimation, it seemed like this week they're trying to message that they're done. Right? Yeah. I mean, you picked up on that too? We shall see. I mean, there's more data to come out between now and their next decision. So uh, The market doing the heavy lifting for them is sort of the message that they're trying to send. And what is what continues to confound is initial filings for unemployment insurance. So these are people that are filing filing for unemployment. They they measure that data on a weekly base, basis. Uh, it's at two hundred thousand, which is historically unbelievably low. So the labor market in the United States continues to be a juggernaut, and it's it is confounding to that nothing. It seems like it's Teflon. Nothing affects it, which I think you know Josh was, has been talking about all along. For those of you that pay attention. Uh, in that th- there are structural problems in the labor market that probably started with COVID or were, were going to happen, but they were going to be further out in the future and COVID sped it up. And that is all of these baby boomers that are in financially great shape, right? They have their 401k balances are really high. Their retirement account balances are really high. They own their houses, which have risen in value. And so they all retired and they said, that's it. I'm not going back. And that was a really important part of our labor um, labor force. And that now, is gone and it's not coming back. And so we have this structural problem in the labor market and it's why inflation or unemployment r- remains unbelievably at, you know, historically low levels. Um, and so that's a, that's, but that also is a giant inflationary force as companies like ours and all of you small businesses out there have to pay probably people way more than they are worth to keep them in, or to get them in the door and then to keep them in the door. So that's an inflationary force that's going to be a tough one for the Fed to deal with. And the services inflation remains pretty sticky. But, you know, the the belief of, of market participants, of course, is that, you know, it's, shelter is going to roll over here and everyone's pointing to, you know, real-time indicators of rents declining. And so that's sort of, I think, what the market's hanging its hat on is, uh, as to why the hiking cycle is over. So we, we started third quarter earnings season. We don't have much data out, but Josh, why don't you give us a quick update on, on what earnings so far looks like? Friday started off with uh, J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, the big banks reporting, BlackRock as well. 32 S&P 500 companies have reported. Uh, but we got some big names, yeah, like you said. J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, all the big banks crushed earnings. City beat. Uh, earnings beat rate is running at 90%. Uh, earnings are up 2.2% year on year. Revenues are up uh, just over 1%. So, you know, net of inflation, of course, uh, <laughs> we're talking nominal numbers here. So uh, that's not a good thing, but... Uh, you know, the ex- they're just definitely beating expectations, and the banks really shined as far as that net interest income. Uh, you know, the the float that they get from all of that money that they hold r- with risk-free uh, paying a, a higher yield has been really positive because they aren't seeing the weakness in the consumer just yet. Uh, but the cracks are starting to show, of course, and, of course, lending is down too. But there was a bunch of focus on the banks, and uh, surprisingly, you know, earnings were really, really good. It'll be interesting to see as we get – Earnings reports from other industries, right, like the the industrial names and consumer staples, cons, you know, consumer cyclicals, all these other names when they come in, it'll be really interesting to see. Because remember, the other thing that's really important is the ultimate driver of stock prices over time is earnings. And as earnings continue to grow over time, stock prices will go higher. That's just how it's always worked and it always will work. And so that's why uh, we, we always talk about earnings season and focus on it. But, um, you know, it, it, stocks still with higher interest rates and earnings not growing, stocks still remain expensive, even though they haven't really gone anywhere in two years. So there's two sort of solutions to this. Stocks trade sideways for a lot longer while earnings finally come back, or stocks trade lower, which will then can ultimately start a bull market if they do they do trade lower. But we do have to go through probably a bit of a bear before that happens. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And then a lot will be determined by what happens with interest rates over the coming months. All right. If you would like to take us up on a, one of us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time. 
to talk about anything in your financial life. Uh, so if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get one of those scheduled. The number here is 800-743-0988, or you can go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, what higher interest rates for longer means for your portfolio. So stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. was 1985. Population was about 20,000. We were just a little mountain town and weren't famous yet. Shopping options were slim. That's when Central Oregon's Food for Less came along. Local acres marketplace. All along, we were supporting local schools and organizations, donating food and money to support those around us, and doing our best to provide food for less. Our philosophy has always been to listen to our customers and provide the goods and products you want, like more organics and natural foods, a better selection of local products, and acres of fresh produce with a major organic component. Today, we're still a mountain town. We are famous. And while our names changed, it's still the same local ownership and the same ever-evolving selection of products. Central Oregon's Food Store. Local Acres Marketplace. Cascade Village Shopping Center, Bend. Well, I did it. I'm Leslie James, and you've been hearing me talk about my journey to reverse my osteoporosis for a couple of years now with OsteoStrong in Bend. I joined the OsteoStrong program and followed their advice, and according to my latest bone scan, I am osteoporosis-free. I am living proof that it is possible with patience and dedication and my membership to OsteoStrong. Try it yourself. Mention you heard OsteoStrong on the radio and save 50% off your first month. Be better. Call OsteoStrong today. As a mom, comforting my family is what I do best. Vicks Paper Stick provides soothing, non-medicated Vicks papers in an easy-to-apply stick. And it dries fast, so there's no mess. I use it to comfort myself <sighs> and my family. <sighs> Thanks, Mom. Vicks Vapo Stick, soothing comfort for the whole family. And when you need more comfort for yourself, try Vicks Vapo Shower for steamy Vicks Vapors. Use as directed. Vapo Stick for use ages 4 and up. Vapo Shower use for adults only. Paid for by Christian Care Ministry. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 855-51-BIBLE. That's 855-51-BIBLE. 855-51-BIBLE. Connect to the Financial Focus Radio Show on YouTube or iTunes. Listen to past shows, get our bi-weekly e-news, and keep up to date on the market. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter on our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. If you would like to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a video in the middle and end of every month where we talk about what is going on in the capital markets and how that is affecting your money. Uh, so if you want to get added to that list, we send out an email uh, with a link to it in the, on the 15th and 30th of every month. Go to our website, 
uh, northwestquadrantwealth.com and a little box will pop up and you can put your info in there. We're going to do it on Monday, so be sure it's going to be earth-shattering. We're going to talk about the secret of life. Under promise, over-deliver. That's right. Story of my life. Uh, so you're, for all, You're over-delivering? Well, according to my dog. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, he doesn't even think that anymore. <laughs> He's old now. Yeah. According to all, for so all of you that are uh, collecting Social Security, uh, the Social Security Administration came out with their annual COLA for next year, cost of living adjustment. And, you know, in so if we go back last year, it was the biggest cost of living adjustment ever uh, in, into 2023. The COLA for Social Security beneficiaries was 8.7%. It was a big uh, bump, obviously. But this year, so for 2024, you're going to get a 3.2% boost to your benefit. Um, the the uh, the the two point the, so for the last twenty years the average cola has been two point six percent so obviously it's bigger than that but not the eight point seven percent the average social security check uh, is going to increase by about fifty bucks a month so the notifications and the new benefit are going to be sent out to all of you social security be- uh, recipients starting in December so there you go I don't go don't spend that fifty bucks extra you're going to get all in one place as my grandfather used to say uh so obviously there is pain in the mortgage market higher long-term treasury yields continue to impact the mortgage market the 30-year mortgage rate in the u.s has moved up to 7.65 percent that's the highest since december of 2000 uh which seems like it maybe wasn't that high but i if i think back to that period rates were that high. i remember you could buy corporates and lots of things for north of six percent uh so let's let's Take the average consumer in America, and assuming that the average consumer in America has a $3,000 monthly budget to spend on a house, right? That's what they can spend all in uh, for for interest and principal, not including all the other stuff that goes in there. So the 2.65% mortgage rate we saw in January of 2021 would have bought you a home worth $641,000. That's, that's assuming 20% down. Yeah. Okay. At today's rate, that same $3,000 would buy you a home worth 420000 which is obviously a $220,000 decline in purchasing power. So that's 34% decline in purchasing power as a result of the higher mortgage rate. As a result, mortgage purchase applications in the U.S. have fallen to their lowest level since 1995. The average American household simply cannot afford the average home at current mortgage rates and current prices. So... I know what our friends in the real estate business think is going to happen, and that is rates are going to come down. Josh and I don't happen to be in that camp, but, uh, you know, so there's two ways that this can solve itself because it's going to solve itself. It can't stay where it is. Uh, We can't have, uh, you know, median income not be able to purchase houses in America. Uh, So either house prices come down or mortgage rates come down. yeah, I guess either one is very plausible. And for most of you have, uh, that are a certain age, you're you're under the opinion that mortgage rates will come down because your whole adult life, mortgage rates have been low. And when they spiked up, they came back down. I don't know if that's the case this time, everybody. Sorry, the Treasury has a enormous appetite for having to borrow money, a trillion dollars a quarter. We did. And so in order for that to be attractive <laughs> for investors, rates are going to have to stay high. And so prices of houses are going to have to come down if they're going to be affordable. We did, we did $60 billion in net issuance this week. <laughs> there is an enormous flood of supply coming. And remember, 2024 is when the fiscal sort of contradiction of what the Federal Reserve is doing is sort of kicks off where you have the Inflation Reduction Act and so many of these stimulus packages start to actually get dispersed uh, beginning next year. And that's when, uh, of course, the Treasury is going to have to turn to the bond market and borrow more money. And there's so many different dimensions to this. But, you know, what's obvious to us, and I think it's still prevalent amongst most market participants, is just this reflexive belief in, well, rates are definitely going to get cut and it's going to be really soon. And I don't know that we're going to see higher for longer, or maybe we've found, found some you know decent range, but high for longer is probably a more likely scenario, at least in our estimation. Well, but here's the thing. It's not high in the history of interest rates. No, totally, totally. That's what but... people are not understanding. Like where we are in the interest rate environment 
is not high. It's just the velocity of how fast we've moved the, up. But the, del- the delta, though, you know, after we've adjusted to the new reality, I, I, you know, I've, there's remember the late '90s, of course, and interest rates are exactly where they are today, and the S&P did 10% annualized for. Right, and but but house prices can't be where they are if they're going to be affordable. It just is, you know, if they're if uh, purchasing power is down thirty four percent in the housing market, I'm not saying that's how much houses have to come down, but they have to come down to be affordable. There's, there's just, just no way around it because there's still house formation in America, uh, of course. But you know, I think to me, it's like this multi dimensional thing where there's like a wages are going to go up a bunch too to sort of meet that because they have to. And well, if wages go up a bunch too, then guess what else is going up? <laughs> Interest rates. <laughs> well, I mean, it means, you know, not necessarily good things for corporate margins. And, you know, I feel like that's, we're going to get more of that in the quarters to come, but that's like this slow moving thing. And you sort of watch it play out with the UAW and some of these strikes that are happening now. And you really can't painless people. They, you know, their purchasing power is significantly less than it was a couple of years ago. 20% for most people is a lot in three years to see your purchasing power decline by that much. Okay. We, we mostly use this segment up, but what does higher for longer? So higher interest rates for longer mean for most people's investment portfolio. Like it, people have been living high on the hog on artificially low rates and what that, you know, asset prices ripped higher. But if, you know, it doesn't mean higher if we have rates stay where they are now that people still can't make lots of money in the capital markets. Yeah. I mean, it means the more that you relied on leverage, uh, you know, maybe you are in hard money lending or your entire asset allocation revolved around real estate or, you know, highly levered dividend payers, like so many of the fundamental assumptions of the last 20 years are going to be rewritten. And, you know, our belief is that your portfolio, should you be doing the right thing uh, over the next decade, is probably going to look a lot more like it did in the 80s and 90s uh, than it did in post-2008. Well, and it, you know, it's going to put an emphasis on companies that generate lots of free cash flow like it should have always and companies that have good balance sheets and that aren't dependent on the bond market to borrow lots of money and aren't dependent on issuing more stock. To, so, you know, you're going you're gonna to want to own high-quality businesses that don't have tons of leverage that generate free cash flow that earn their cost of capital all the things you know but you know have like i said strong balance sheet so all the things that should matter in investing are going to matter again and so if you are my so let's say you're 50 years old or older what, what you think of back in the day as normal we're going to go back to that and so if you're a baby born that's all good news if you own everything and you don't have to borrow money all the things you know you're going to earn interest on all of your safe money uh you're you know we're going to see dividends in the stock market again so what you 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 thought of as normal, you know, is probably going to come back, and it's going to be our our reality. So there's a people that are 50 and younger are going to have to de- adjust to this new normal, and mentally they haven't gotten there. It's clear when you talk to them, whether it's real estate or the stocks that they're buying, they haven't gotten there, and so or it's crypto, whatever whatever their their crazy investment scheme du jour is, they're still thinking it is uh, going to come back because they think rates are going to go lower. And we just don't happen to be in that camp. Uh, and so even if they did go lower, if you do what Josh and I say, own high quality portfolio, you'll still do well. All right. If you'd like to be part of the show, you have a question for us or a comment, give us a call 877-670-7117. Or you can email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Thanks. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on YouTube or on NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. Okay, class. So endorphins are a type of neurotransmitter in the body that inhibits transmission of pain signals while also enhancing our immune system and producing a sense of euphoria. Now, can anyone tell me where endorphins are produced? Yes, Bridget. My mom says that endorphins are produced at the ACB. The ACB? You know, the Athletic Club of Bend. 
all our friends go there, and Mom says that with all the stuff they have to do there, like swimming, tennis, exercise classes, basketball, yoga, cross-fusion, concerts, and even massages. Well, it really makes her feel good. Yes, I can see how that would... Plus, I think she really likes all the kids' programs and camps. Well, I guess Mother really does know best. The Athletic Club of Bend. For fitness, for fun, for friends, for family. To get your endorphins flowing, just go to athleticclubofbend.com. October is going to be spectacular. With Indian Head Casino's $80,000 Mummy Money Giveaway. Your share of $22,000 during our drawings on Fridays and Saturdays. Simply listen for your name. Ladies and gentlemen. And win up to $1,200 in cash. <laughs> and on Halloween Day. Tuesday, October 31st. Win big. With Pharaoh Multipliers. $500 Mummy Madness. A ghoulish slot tournament at 2 p.m. <laughs> and Saturday, October 28th. Join our scary celebration. Excuse me. What? With a costume contest plus games and prizes. Ooh, you're scaring me. Indian Head Casino's $80,000 Mummy Money Giveaway. Every Friday and Saturday in October. Your mummy would be proud if you won. <laughs> Indian Head Casino, where winners play. Total cash and prices in October. See the Players Club for details. Pin and Fire in Redmond is ready to get you dialed in on the water and in the woods. For the big game hunter, Pin and Fire has a huge assortment of Sitka gear, Mystery Ranch, and just-in Stone Glacier apparel and packs. Pin and Fire has the best selection of crispy hunting boots in the region. Comfortable and rugged, crispy boots have become the most sought-after boot in the industry. In need of a hunting or everyday carry knife, Pin and Fire's bench-made case is full, and new models arrive every week. Pin and Fire has the latest Yeti coolers and drinkware in stock. Check out the Camp Green and Cosmic Lilac coolers. Once they're gone, they're gone for good. Fishing season is still going strong, and Fin and Fire is stoked that the Lower Deschutes is open for steelhead. From a guided trip or new spay rod to some good old-fashioned advice, Fin and Fire is Central Oregon's go-to fly fishing store. Across from Safeway on Highway 97 in Redmond or anytime on the web at finandfire.com. Fin and Fire is your fly shop unlike any other. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. In the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-462-3333. That's 800-462-3333. 800-462-3333. You're listening to Financial Focus Radio Show, where you get honest and actionable advice every week from the partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Remember, you can always listen to past shows on iTunes or find us on NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. If you'd like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, we'll give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life, your asset allocation, your portfolio, whatever you want to talk about. It's fair game. To get one of those scheduled, call our office. That number is 800-743-0988, or you can send us an email by going to our website, NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. So... Not to be the doomsday show this week, but uh, there is clearly a default cycle coming, especially in the uh, commercial office property world. Um, office occupancy office occupancy in 10 major U.S. cities remains below 50% of pre-COVID levels. Below 50%. That's crazy. This is obviously going to have a profound impact on the prop- office property market. As these leases come due, uh, a lot of these employers are downsizing. Uh, which is leading to more and more unleased office space. The average office vacancy in the U.S. 
rose to 20% in the third quarter, which is just below the historical peak that we saw in 1991. That's according to Moody's Analytics. Obviously, with those higher vacancy rates and lower income, a lot of these properties are worth a lot less than they were just a few years ago. We think about you know, where they were in 2019 from a price perspective to where they are now. It's crazy. Uh, and that obviously the bond market, when you look at the bond market and what it's pricing, it is expecting a wave of defaults on this stuff. So, uh, you know, spreads are blowing out. So it's, it's not going to be pretty. And this is going to be a this slow wave of defaults. I mean, you know, Josh and I just read about a, a downtown Portland property selling up for $70 a square foot. It's laughable. Those are like 1980s prices. And so, I mean, it's not laughable if you own the building, but, uh, you know, this is, this is, there's all these parts of the economy that are sort of slowly trying to hang on. And there's this sense out there, instead of like people trying to shore up the balance sheet and, and like assuming the worst, right? Like I, that's how I live my life is. And I know it's not always healthy, but it keeps me from imploding financially. These people are like, oh, well, we can just hang on till rates come back or the economy comes ripping back. We'll be fine. And it's like, but what if those things don't happen? You're a zero, like zero. And so it just always confounds me. But that's, I guess, the American way. Um, you know, we just we just have to be – as a country, we just can't be so comfortable with debt. Like our politicians are comfortable with debt. Our, our citizens are comfortable with debt. And there is time and place for debt. But the amount of debt that Americans have, uh, you know, is, is, and how comfortable they are. And I guess it was fine when rates were low. But, you know, if rates were they were in the 80s, the amount of debt we have is not going to be pleasant. Rates don't change the reality of the work from home and how fundamentally that's changed the game, especially in the office space. Yeah. I mean, I think to me, this work from home thing is a joke, but I, I don't get a vote. So, well, I get a vote here, I guess. Yeah. Uh, this comes from Norma. Norma says, I'm 48 years old. I made $310,000 last year. Congratulations, Norma. Uh, I currently have $546,000 in my retirement plan at work. My husband is on disability and doesn't work and doesn't have a 401k plan. I wanted to open a Roth IRA, but I read that I make too much money. What options do I have to save more for retirement? I'm debt-free except for my mortgage, which I'm trying to get rid of uh, in the next two years before my daughter goes to college. So. Uh, obviously you have a good, you're in a good situation from an income standpoint, Norma, um, and you're saving money diligently at work. That's good news. You're correct that you make too much money. Uh, so I assume Norma, you file your taxes jointly with your husband. So marry filing jointly is your tax status when you file your taxes, which means you could also contribute to a retirement plan from a traditional or Roth IRA. Unfortunately, not or not unfortunately, but you make too much money to, for him to be able to contribute to a Roth IRA. And actually, believe it or not, you make too much money to for it to him contribute to a deductible IRA. Your income is just where the government says you are one of the evil rich, I guess. <laughs> and so uh, your option really, I mean, you could contribute to a non-deductible IRA. I just wouldn't suggest it. Your option uh, past that is then to just contribute or save in a taxable investment account. So, you know, it's always crazy to Josh and I when we talk about, you know, opening a, a taxable brokerage account, a joint brokerage account for, for you and your husband where you save just like you do in your retirement plan, uh, but it's a taxable account. You pay your taxes along the way, but you're paying at a lower rate and then you can invest in tax efficient vehicles inside of that account. And, you know, people say, well, how much can I contribute? It's like there is no limit on saving money uh, in a non-retirement account. You could save 100% of your income in that. And, and so, um, you know, it, that's, this, these accounts are the reason the richest people in the world have the lowest, have really low tax rates is because they own most of their assets in a taxable investment account. You know, there's not huge, massive IRA accounts or uh, 401k accounts because there's contribution limits, but you know, you could put a hundred thousand, two hundred, five hundred thousand dollars a year in these things. Um, and, you know, invest it just like you do your other retirement assets, but you have access to it at any point. So it's always crazy to Josh and I that, that people don't know that these things exist. But, you know, but for me, this is where I save way more money than I do in my retirement accounts because I have access to this at any point. But I also know that when I get to retirement, this is the money that I'm going to want to access the most because my tax liability the, on this money is so much lower. Liquidity and penalty-free access also sort of you know prevents people from looking at it as a retirement account, and that's right. That's one of the big hurdles there is you know your own propensity to borrow from yourself. It, you know it depends on whether or not you're capable of viewing it differently than um, liquid money.
Right. And, you know, for me, like I, I can only save 24 whatever thousand bucks in my 401k. So, who, you know, like I want to save way, way more than that. And so this is my other option to do that. And believe me, maybe my wife disagrees with this, but I think of my taxable joint account that I have with my wife as definitely retirement assets because that is going to be the biggest pile of money we have by far relative to our retirement accounts. I'm still saving retirement accounts and all that's great, but uh, this is the other place because of your income. Now, if if Norma's income was lower, um, you know, she could contribute to a uh, either a Roth IRA if her income was a lot lower or, um, you know, a traditional IRA for her husband and the taxable account. So, you know, most of our biggest clients, when you look at their accounts, they'll have, you know, maybe a traditional IRA, a Roth IRA for both the husband and wife, and then they'll also have a taxable investment account. And the taxable investment account um, is usually sort of their biggest investment account because that's where the most money was saved. Uh, We got an email from Jim. So, Norma, thanks for that question. We got an email from Jim T. Jim says, uh, I'm about to start taking... My Social Security benefit is the income that I receive from Social Security taxable. Uh, most likely, Jim, it is. And so here's the, uh, let's see, the data is as follows. Um, if you were a single filer and you make under 25000 Jim, you don't pay any taxes on your Social Security. Uh, for joint filers, so husband and wife, uh, you know, married couple, uh, if you make under $32,000, you are not paying taxes on your Social Security. Single filer, twenty between twenty five and thirty four thousand in income, fifty percent of your Social Security is taxable. If you're a joint filer, between thirty two and forty four thousand, fifty percent of your income, is, Social Security income is taxable. Uh, so the rest of most people are going to fall in this category. If you are a single filer and you make above thirty four thousand dollars a year in earned income, eighty five percent of your Social Security is going to be taxable. If you are joint, uh, you know, married filing jointly and you make over forty four thousand. 85% of your Social Security is going to be taxable. And a lot of people are like, wait a minute, wasn't that already taxed? <laughs> yep, tax and taxes. Their taxes follow you everywhere. And real quick, uh, this doesn't say who it's from. My wife and I recently retired. Our investments are managed by a certified financial planner. Our nest egg has not shown much growth over the last year. We think it's time for another professional advisor to analyze our portfolio and see if we're headed in the right direction. Uh, is this out of the ordinary to, to seek more advice and how do we go, go about doing it without offending our current planner? Well, the good news is you don't have to tell your planner if you're getting, you know, you don't have to tell your advisor if you go get, um, a second opinion. Now, um, if you decide to move to the other investment advisor, obviously your advisor is going to find out. Um, but you don't, you don't have to tell them. I mean, people leave their advisor all the time. And so most of these men and women are used to that happening. Um, you don't, you know, what I would say if I was in your shoes and you found something better, I'd say, and they, somebody, the advisor, old advisor called me up and said, what are you doing? I'd say, I'm moving my, my flipping money. So mind your business. You should have done a better job. Like, well, you know, I mean, it's, we live in America. It's a free market. You can do what you want. It's your money. I, I know what you're saying, but like, whatever it is what it is i would just say like if you're not happy with any of your uh service professionals you can make a change and you know i might be that that person's not even going to be surprised about it (laughs) all right if you'd like to be part of the show give us a call 877-670-7117 or you can email us by going to our website northwestquadrantwalt.com when we come back we're going to talk about muni bonds tax-free bonds so be sure to stick around it's super exciting Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. This is Kerwin with Mid-State Power Products in Redmond. 
As we head into fall, it's time to start thinking about servicing your Kubota equipment and be ready for winter. Give us a call at 541-548-6744 to schedule a service at our Redmond location. Remember, routine maintenance like oil changes, fresh air filters, and lubing components will keep your Kubota equipment running smooth and strong. That's Midstate Power Products, your local Kubota dealer in Redmond. Call 541-548-6744. 541-548-6744. Register now for the premier business and entrepreneurial event in the Pacific Northwest, the 20th Annual Bend Venture Conference, held at the Historic Tower Theater in downtown Bend. October 19th and 20th, the Bend Venture Conference promises to deliver two days full of networking, startup pitches, business mentorship, and educational opportunities with hundreds of top entrepreneurs, investors, business leaders from across the nation. Hear impactful talks from some of the biggest names in the industry, including Joth Ricci, CEO of Dutch Brothers Coffee, along with professional investors, leaders in technology, and more. Purchase your tickets at bendvc.com. That's B-E-N-D-V-C.com. Hey there, CO. This is Christy from the Cosmic Depot. After three decades of being a shopkeeper here in Bend, I do believe it is true what starseed David Bowie said. Time may change me, but I can't trace time. I can trace the stories of the lives of my customers, the gifts they have given to their loves and the gifts they have given themselves. I can trace the support I have received from our community and the helping hands that have kept Cosmic Depot's doors open for such a great many years. The Cosmic Depot is open to the changes that time has made so that you may find a rewarding cosmic experience awaits anew still after all these years. Whatever you are on a mission for, incense, essential oils, beads, candles, herbs, the thoughtful little gift, a crystal for your pocket, or a sweet silver locket, Cosmic Depot may have it and certainly it will be fun looking around for it. The Cosmic Depot is open daily at 342 Northeast Clay in Bend. We live in a high desert wonderland. And you like to be outside. The Ben Factory stores have what you need. For the Central Oregon outdoor lifestyle. Make a bold statement and save up to 70% every day. Over 20 famous brand names like Columbia, Nike, and Pendleton. And locals like Learning Express Toys, Runway Fashion Exchange, and Cascade Mattress and Bedroom Furniture. Shop with nothing in mind and find exactly what you wanted. Great buys that reflect your personality. Play It Again Sports is now open and ready to buy. At Play It Again Sports, they buy and sell quality used sports and fitness gear. Make sustainability in sports your next play. Sell your gear and recycle it all at Play It Again Sports. Located next to Maurice's in the Bend Factory stores. Make Play It Again Sports your first stop for all sporting equipment. Smart shoppers start at the Bend Factory stores, South Highway 97. Because everyone needs an outlet. Thank you for joining Financial Focus Radio Show. Honest, transparent analysis brought to you every week by Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Call the show anytime at 877-670-7117. We'll try to answer your question on the air in the following weeks. Now, back to the team from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Welcome back. Our producer of our show um, just brought up something good that I should probably clarify. In the last segment, we are talking about is your social security taxable and then how much? And it's not, so it, I said uh, a married couple filing jointly, if they have, if their income is over $44,000 a year. So from all their sources, um, if they have over $44,000 a year, up to 85% of their social security income will be taxed. It won't be taxed at 85%. It'll be taxed at your rate. So hopefully that makes a little more sense. Uh, I, 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 good thing I didn't become a teacher because kids would probably be looking at me with their jaws open and their <laughs> eyes glazed over as like, what is this idiot talking about? Uh, so this these kind of markets and what's going on around the world, of course, uh, you know, here in the United States politically and in uh, Ukraine and, and in Israel and all the, you know, all, all of the craziness that's going on in this world, people start to look at gold as like, maybe I should own gold. Maybe I should have a gold trade. And so uh, Josh and I have never been fans of this trade. Uh, you know, when you look at 
the return of uh, over the last 10 years of, of the, like an ETF that tracks gold, the GLD, which is the biggest one. It has a three and a half percent annualized return over the last decade where the SPY, the S&P 500 ETF tracking ETF has a return of 11.9 percent annualized over the last 10 years. So, you know, for, for lots of reasons, we're, we're fans of markets, mostly data driven reasons. Uh, but if you, um, you know, we're not saying that you can't Gold is sort of like buying insurance. You put a little money in, and if the worst-case scenario happens, you get a big payout. And so if you're one of those people, that that's how we think. If you want to invest in gold, that's how you should think about it. You shouldn't be thinking about it uh, because some pol- politician tells you or, or you know, you listen to the end of the world radio or you uh, look at the doomsday stuff on Facebook. Uh, I would say go for a walk instead of doing that. But limit your investment to a small percentage of your portfolio. So if you do feel like you need to be in gold as and have a gold position, it should be 5% or less, more like 3% or less, but make sure you limit it to a small position. Don't buy the physical gold. Uh, you should be buying the, a gold ETF instead. It's it's a, a much cheaper way and much more liquid way to have gold exposure. And then lastly, you know, make sure your motivation for buying gold is is appropriate. So like so much of people's investment decisions are, they don't have the right motivation behind why they're doing that, you know, making an investment decision. And so I feel like that's true in every, a lot of decisions we have in this country nowadays, whether it's politics or, you know, it's like, check your well, motivation. For, for me, if like the rationale that you're using to buy it is that you're, it's not going to be subject to debasement, but you're looking at it as a, like a real store of value that, you know, hopefully appreciates in line with the rate of inflation. But you're not going to necessarily be like making more money from it over time, right? It's just a well, we don't think so, but that's value. But that's not what other people think. No, I, mean, I know, but the, you know, when you really try to get down to the nitty gritty of like, why are you buying it? And then you say, well, wouldn't you rather own like Google, like a license to print money, basically? Or <laughs> I would. You no, know? I mean, to me, like that that answer is obvious. But it, it, for so many people out there, it's just like this fear motivated speculative thing and you know i i get it but uh it doesn't make a lot of sense when you really drill down in, into it well b- but people don't they don't do that second level thinking right america is the the country of of first level thinking and that's why realm is burning all right let's talk about tax-free or municipal bonds um you know last week we talked about corporate bonds because interest rates are rising and we you know we're seeing relatively attractive yields in the bond market finally it's been a long long time since that's been true we thought we'd talk about the different parts of the bond market now we're not saying that uh munis or municipal bonds are, are quite there yet from an attractive yield standpoint but if rates keep going higher as the rate environment normalizes uh depending on your tax situation muni might be something that you can finally consider again as an investor. So the 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 first thing, there's different types of municipal bonds. So I'll go through it. General obligation bonds are, are sort of the safest, uh, highest in the capital structure. They're the sort of, uh, when I think of uh, municipal bonds or tax-free bonds, they're the sort of creme de la creme. And they are backed uh, by the taxing authority. So like the city of Bend, can issue general obligation bonds, and they're backed by the tax revenue of the city of Bend. So, uh, you know, similar to treasuries being backed by tax revenue or the full faith and credit of the United States government. Um, then the next level down and a little bit riskier would be something called a revenue bond, and that is backed by the revenue of an entity. So, like, for example, the Redmond Airport could need to borrow money, and they definitely have over the years, uh, and, and that those bonds are backed by the revenue of the airport. So uh, you can see, obviously, if you know travel went down significantly and you know we had a COVID thing, but it lasted longer, the revenue of that airport would be affected, and their ability to probably pay on those bonds would be affected. So, in the in the scheme of like level of risk, general obligation bonds are the least risky muni bonds, and then there's revenue bonds. There's a bunch of other ones. There's taxable muni bonds, but let's not get into those. So when you think about what makes them interesting is uh, they are uh, double or triple tax free depending on where you live. So if you live in New York City, you know you have the federal tax, you have the state of New York tax, and then you have the city of New York tax. If you own a New York municipal bond, uh, you it's triple tax free. So you're not paying taxes on any other level. And so of course, naturally, the yield on a municipal bond is going to be lower because you're not paying taxes. So you know you you always hear this tax equivalent yield. Um, you know if you if you get a bond that a t- triple tax free bond and you're in the highest tax bracket. 
and it pays you 3.5%, the equivalent corporate bond would have to pay you significantly amount more to have the same after, you know, yield to you from an after-tax basis. So um, that triple tax-free component of a, a municipal bond is what's really attractive. Now, back in the day when we were buying munis for clients, we would have clients in, come in the office all the time and be like, I want to buy muni bonds. And I'd be like, well, explain to me why we want to buy munis. Like they'd complain about taxes and I'd be like, well, your tax rate's like less than 10%. So probably not the best. So make sure if you are a person that is buying muni bonds, you are buying them for the right reasons. You are in a relatively high tax bracket uh, and they can actually serve you because otherwise a lot of you could buy corporates or treasuries and even after taxes, your yield is going to be significantly higher than a, a municipal bond. So, so make sure if you are, you know, you're one of these people that is buying munis, uh, you actually can benefit from the, uh, the triple tax free uh, component of that. I don't know if it, it needs to be said, but don't own them in your retirement account, of course. <laughs> we, we've actually seen a lot of that. It's been a long time. Well, that would be criminal. Yeah, but, but I yeah. mean, we, you know, Munis, as a owner, there's just less that you see anymore these days. But uh, back, you know, 10 years ago, you used to see it pretty frequently. They'd be plowed in retirement accounts and it made no sense. But uh, of course, you want to own these in your taxable account. And the same risks exist with these. So interest rate risks exist with municipal bonds. So if you own a muni bond fund, interest rate risks are a real thing for you. There's the call risk. So the municipality, a lot of them put a call component on there where they could call the bond in. Uh, they're going to pay you back your principal, but, you know, you would lose the payments. Uh, there's the liquidity uh, risk. Um, and then there's, of course, the default risk, right? If you're buying revenue bonds and whatever municipality uh, is dependent on the revenue of that municipality and it goes away, uh, there is a potential that they could default. So the same risks exist, but you know, municipal bonds historically have been quite safe, especially if you don't buy them in over-levered municipalities like the city of Chicago or Puerto Rico or, or different parts of the country. You know, you buy them in Omaha, Nebraska. If you're a Nebraska person, you're generally going to be in good shape. Uh, but you want to buy them in the state that you live, of course, as well. All right. Uh, if you'd like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, we'll give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get one of those meetings scheduled. 800-743-0988 or go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com and send us an email. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on northwestquadrantwealth.com. Yes.